So, I just wanted to point out, before we get started, that this movie came out in 2005. It is currently 2022. So, that was 17 years ago. Next year, the movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, will be old enough to vote. At least in U.S. state and federal elections. I don't want you to feel old, but you are now old. If, if you have memories of going to this movie, and if you are re-experiencing the movie by watching and listening to our episode, um, I hate to break it to you, but you're now a little bit older. But the good thing is, we're here to hold your hand through this hard time. And that's what the good movies are for, is to, to help us cope and acclimate to this realization that if Mr. and Mrs. Smith had gotten pregnant at the end of the movie, that means the sequel could easily come out next year where they're fighting their teenage daughter. And actually, that'd be kind of like an Incredibles movie, you know? You know, like you'd have like Violet played by like someone like Zendaya. I don't think it'd be Zendaya, but it would be someone in the Zendaya cast. I don't know, like what are those young kids are? You're Billie Eilish. Maybe maybe she can be an action star. Maybe not. But either way, we got Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Why don't you Why don't you bring us in with a something? Something sexy, like sharks. Sharks are not sexy. Sharks almost bit me when I went to the beach in Hawaii. I was swimming, and I was on one of those floaty thingies. Um, And the mayor said, you know, enjoy the summer. Everything's going to be great. It's the best summer of all time. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, nine, and I was hanging out in the marina, Mm -hmm. and... You know, there's it's just kind of a pond, but uh, I was just kind of hanging out and I saw sure. this rubber fin coming straight at me and I said, shark, shark, shark. But it was just these kids that had put a fin on there because that summer there was like this weird shark like attack season kind of thing. Sure. Um, but then after that, mm-hmm. some kid got eaten by a shark. That wasn't you. That wasn't me. I was I was not the kid. I was the kid on the boat. In so, the marina, so really in the what? So, so it wasn't. So it wasn't sharks. Also, that vacation was directed by Steven Spielberg that year. Right. I I heard that he's really good at that. He's good at directing vacations. Um, Do you want to hear my summer at Jurassic Park? No, that's no. No. You sure. I I we went again three years later. It seems what it seems to me. It was me, called the Lost World. It seems like you're shark racist because it doesn't seem like the sharks did anything to you. Shark attack. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms, your first, your only, your most nature-driven Shark Week podcast. Yeah, it's Shark Week! Shark Week! It's not Shark Week. Um, when is Shark Week? It's got, it sounds like a summer thing No to one me. ever knows. It just oh, it's happens. Just ran- it's random every year. It's A Gentleman's Guide to and Rom-Coms we are and both, Sharks. We are both clink me, clinky. I got Ryan to drink. Well, he got himself to drink, but I'm happy that Woo! it happened. I just had a really long day at work. I clocked out, and it's like... My clock out said 11 hours and seven minutes. I'm like, I need to go home. <laughs> so I, I'm i so glad that you're working a job that is slightly fulfilling right now compared to usual. It's pretty fulfilling. I was so bored at work the other day, and I know that somebody from my work is going to hear this, <laughs> and I don't really care, um, that I like 
at my work, they have, it's really corporate and they have like a nominate this person to get like a special award at your job. Like nominate Ooh. anybody who works here. Like a golden sword. It's, it's like a golden sword award, except it's like, I think you get mentored and maybe like you get up for promotion or you win money or something. I've worked here for like a month and I, I nominated one of my employees that I barely know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I wrote, a hugely long <laughs> letter about how amazing they are and how they've just turned my life upside down in this one month at my job. Only it's only partially true because I really like them, but I don't know them at all. And I really hope that they win this award <laughs> just based on this random thing that I wrote when I was a little bored at work. So that's that's how my job's going right that's now. That's really nice. If you can't be productive, be nice. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. That's what capitalism's goal should be. That's what it should be. That's what the motto should be. If you can't be productive, be nice. If you got time to lean, you've got time to not Fix be- Fix someone's spleen. Not to be mean. Oh! Nailed it in one. Why should I clean when I can be not mean? I guess I could do both. Just, do you think I could do both? If Theo said that. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'm not de- being mean. I'm, I'm not being mean, so fucking vacuum yourself. <laughs> That's a good point. So what movie, speaking of clean, what movie are we here to watch today? The Sexy Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Brangelina Jolie. Tell me a story about these two humans. Okay. And and their love. <clears throat> I, and Because that's we're not just about sharks here at Rom-Com Gents. We also care about love, and especially love between sharks. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. Ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I don't mean this with any hint of misogyny when I use this word, but we meet these two rich bitches. Oh, no, they're rich. I mean, who? Yes. Both of them? Yes. Yes. We meet them in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. These beautiful, tailored, manicured, molto bene people. Yeah. And and they're, they're talking to a, a therapist that we can't see. And it's obviously a couples or a marriage therapist, yeah. which you, you and are duly familiar. Too. Yeah. You decided, hey, skip the middleman. Why not go to my wife for therapy? Mm-hmm. That's how that works, right? She would be like, I do not therapize my husband. I'm like, mm, oh, sometimes. She's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> mm. And and they're basically doing this thing where they're, you can, you can tell that they're very similar people, but they just aren't on the same page right now. Their relationship is stale as three-day-old gluten-free bread. Ugh, which is stale to begin with. Yes. Yes. And, um, like, that's that's their life. But then immediately we jump back to when they first met. And it was sexy in Guatemala or Bogota. 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 It was in Colombia and it was hot because the screen was orange. And Stop, there's, stop doing that, colorists. They make it all orange. Well, I mean, it was, it was the 2000s. They had to. They were under contract um, the, with the color orange. Um, and they, they, first off, they see the people from Encanto and they're like, cool songs. <laughs> but then uh, it's apparently like this, this, either this mayor or this drug lord or this 
somebody got killed. The Barracuda got killed. Yeah. And either one of them did it. But um, like they're rounding up single people from out of the, the country and they see each other from across the room and they're like, you're hot. I don't want to get picked up by these random police officers. I need a cover. You need a cover. But neither of but us are acknowledging we're spies. Yeah. yeah. And so they basically have a very, very sexy first date. Yeah. Where they go dancing. They drink a ton of tequila in the rain. When they first start making out, I think that was... I, I saw this when I was old enough to have already gone through a sexual awakening in yeah. my life. I think I re-went through one sure. <laughs> when I watched sure. Angelina kiss. First, you fall in love with you know, whatever you fall in love with. And then you fall in love with specifically Angelina Jolie. Like you just realize you are singularly a sexy person. Well, yeah, yeah. So there's like a Venn diagram where it's like the love of your life <laughs> mm-hmm. starts there. Well, no, well no, or it no, ends no, there. No, it ends there. So it starts off with your first love and like everybody <laughs> who comes after them. There's a swerve when yeah, you yeah. meet, when you encounter Angelina Jolie. You're yeah, like, yeah. Whoa. It, it's like if, if it's a Venn diagram and there's three circles, it's everybody that you've dated, your, <laughs> your love of your life. And Angelina Jolie is her own circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and in the center is just a heart instead of the normal, <laughs> like weird shape it yeah. makes. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they have, they build up this cover, cover life of he works for a construction company and she works for a tech firm. Yeah. But, but at this point in time, we don't like, if you've watched the trailer, you know, they're both spies, but in the movie, you just know they're both something. Yeah. And it's kind of hard with a Hollywood movie that's heavily marketed. Yeah. Cause this felt like the most marketed movie of 2005. For sure. But I want to, I want to, Champion, it's hard for me to divorce it. I, I want to champion the movie and like separate myself from what I knew beforehand and right. say, if I didn't, this movie did a good job at making me guess at which one of them was a spy or yeah. lying. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> but what we get to about this this couple is that they operate really well in chaos. Yeah. Because like there's a war basically raging outside and they're like, fuck it, we're staying in this hotel, we're going to smash these these cups. Like, he brings her breakfast in bed after they hook up. We have that scene that you always have in mm-hmm. movies where she wakes up and she's like, is he gone? Oh, no. And then he comes in, he's like, I got breakfast. Got and she's breakfast like, oh yeah, bed. let's have sex instead. And I want to bring that up because later on in the movie, like, we kind of hail back to this moment. I want to bring it up because I, okay, maybe I'm outing myself, but sex after breakfast or before breakfast or during breakfast it's not something I relate to too much. Well, they do you relate to it? They didn't even have breakfast. They just had a couple sips of tea or coffee and then got to breakfast it. time sex. Do you relate to that? Yes. Oh well, good for you. <laughs> I relate to sex. I relate to sex just about any time of the day. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm, good. I'm probably I'm pretty equal opportunity when it comes to like hours of the day and times at which to have sex, except right after a giant meal. Right. You have to give me like. 45 minutes. I hear the sex experts or sex experts, sex experts as they come like on, to be called. Come on. Yeah. Uh, they say... They went to school, Ryan. Give them their title. They say making whoopee first before dinner. Oh, yeah. For sure. And so... Afternoon delight. That's way before dinner. Way sure. after lunch. Except I'm at work. Well, not always. Oh, not on weekends. True. Yeah, but you know, I, I go on a walk on weekends. And, not while you're watching Arrested Development. That's true. But... Brangelina. Brangelina. So at this point in time... Were they dating? Uh, sure. Why we need your wife on the podcast? She would know this. <laughs> um, oh no, no, no. The story is 
He was with Jen Aniston. Yeah. Production happened. He leaves Jen Aniston for Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Uh, chaos ensues. Wars are had. Um, battles are fought. Battles are lost. Angelina okay. wins. And except now, except now, Jennifer n- wins. Are, uh, are they? I don't think they're together. I think Hold they're on. just friends again. Hold on. You're thinking of you're thinking of um, J Lo and B Affleck. Oh, Affleck. is that what's going on? That's who you're thinking of. That's who rehooked up. Who? That's is Jennifer <laughs> Aniston dating herself? Or I mean, I would. Uh, no, not in 2013. <laughs> Brad Pitt would love to date again after Jennifer Aniston said she's she's ready to. So you just need to listen to me. Brad Pitt would love what? What website is that? What website is that? This is on L. L. I mean, this is Brad Pitt wants to date Jay Aniston again, but it's after, not after Jennifer. Are you sure? <laughs> Was this in 2013? No, 2021. Oh, 2021. Is it's more commonly known. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so that that is it is there, but it's not here. It's not there. There. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so basically, like we jump back, we jump five to six years into the future five or six years and basically we get that their life is pretty stale yeah where (laughs) he's picking up papers that he doesn't want to read she's picking out curtains she doesn't care about are they bored because they've gotten so stuck in the cover life that they have where they have to convince their spouse that they're doing this cover or is it getting stale despite any of that is it just getting stale because it's getting stale? That's what this movie wants to answer. Mm-hmm. So what happens is we kind of get introduced to their spy networks. Right. Brad Pitt works at this, I would call it a mom and pop shop spy organization, mm-hmm. where him and his buddy Vince Vaughn and his two older co-workers <laughs> like, kill people. I think they're less spies and they're more assassins. Yeah, and there's there's just a lot of murdering these people do, and that seems to be all that they do is just murder, murder, murder. Yeah, I don't necessarily know who they're taking out, but they're both. I think they're both getting their targets from Keith David. Um, no, <clears throat> that's Are you not sure? what's going on. Well, no, because I know Keith David. We only see- let's let's skip ahead to what the ultimate conceit is then to answer that question. Okay, because. It's kind of a spoiler, but not really. But basically throughout the movie, they are getting hunted. Well, they're set not up. Not till the end. They're, I mean, like yeah. three quarters of the way through. They're set up to try and kill each other. Well, yes, but they're, they're supposed to be going after Adam Brody. Yeah. And Adam Brody is just bait to get them to destroy one another because it turns out their agencies have realized that um, they're married Mm-hmm. And they're both working for competing agencies and they realized it's bad for business. So right. they did a collaborative project where they set this up. So Keith David is her boss and we don't even know who Brad Pitt's like ultra boss is unless it's Vince Vaughn. Right. But uh, the first time that we like actually see Keith David, he's is at he's, her work. Uh, is that her? Well, or is it at the Pentagon? I think it's that time where we have that weird scene with Adam Brody. I think it's too vague. He tries to. Yeah, it is too vague because 
he tries to go to like get in this elevator at like Langley. I think it's at Langley. <laughs> Maybe, and, but everyone's kind of being like not CIA material. Like Adam Brody walking around like that in Langley. Like government people do not act like that. He seemed to be working at a not Langley place. I could believe it. I think it's Langley. I think it's supposed to be Langley. Well, from from the exterior that we got. This is the thing. This movie's lore is super weak. <laughs> like it's really weak lore. It's like, oh, this is so cool. It's like it's, you haven't thought this out. Have it's you? not. It's strong suit. No, no. And it was before lore was important, but now it's super important to right. any any cinematic universe you're making. Even if it's one movie. Yeah, like John Wick. It's like, you didn't need a like lore, but now there's a ton of lore where there's going to be a TV show that doesn't even have John Wick. It's set in the universe of John Wick. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, that's after three movies? Yeah, but you yeah. could have done it after the first one. But what happens is, like, they're having relationship problems, and we I, I want to talk about their relationship a little yeah. bit. Um, where I like that they talk about the therapist. Uh-huh. It feels very real. Yeah. Where they're like in their and they're very they're very rich people and they they There's some Schadenfreude for me. I'm like, I kinda want them to suffer. Like Because they're rich? <laughs> kinda. It, it feels like oh, our lives are terrible. <laughs> look how look how ornate our kitchen is. It's like, oh my gosh. They don't seem to be They say, have they saying, have midlife ennui. Okay. This is interesting that you're coming at them for this mm-hmm. when, like, a Nancy Myers character, you're like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I don't know. It, uh, Nancy Myers. <laughs> I can't. I, I just have wanted to redo my house for such a long time. <laughs> oh, that's the no, central no, conflict. I, I know. But a Nancy Myers is kind of like indulging in the catalogness of it. Mm-hmm. And this just feels kind of like, what is is the root of their problems because seemingly on the surface they seem to have a lot of nice things going on for them well yeah but i think that's like if if you're a spy if you have a ton of money Mm -hmm. and your relationship is all a lie Mm -hmm. then kind of like you the foundation of your life is a lie yeah and i can get behind that as a story and the house doesn't matter how rich or poor you are if you're if your relationship is a lie, it kind of makes everything else worthless. Yeah, and the house feels kind of fake in a certain sense. It it is it is it, it, it is, is fake. fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're hiding like all of their spy gadgets. Like all of his are, are like in the basement of the garage, and he has guns hidden around the house. Right, and she like the oven is an oven, but it's also like all of her gadgets. Right, this is it. I would love to rent any of the Nancy Myers houses as Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. I would not want to stay in that house. I think that's intentional. Yeah. I think this, at one point in time, they have a conversation about curtains where <laughs> she like obviously tried to show him that she was trying to change up their life. Right. But she's not domestic like this. And this right. is all a front. And so she's like, I picked out these curtains. And he's like, and she's like, but if you don't like them, I'll send them back. He's like, I don't like them. She's like, you'll get used to them. It's almost too convincing at how boring their relationship is because mm. I was almost a little bored by this conversation because I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, well, job well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You definitely convinced me. Um, and basically, yeah, Brad Pitt is assigned to hunt down Adam Brody and so is Angelina Jolie for their respective firms. Oh, we, we have to say that the movie does a really good job of establishing 
that oh, Brad yeah. Pitt is a great killer and Angelina Jolie is a great killer. Although oh, it, yeah, those two scenes. It does it in a pretty 05 sexist way. And I really hope the script gets flipped when they do another movie like this. Like, I want Brad Pitt to, like, go dress up in lingerie and and, I, and punish someone. I don't fault the movie at all for that because I, I think it's, like... It just felt a little cliche. Like, she sure, pulls it it's, off. It's a little cliche, but it's also something, like... If you are a female spy or assassin mm-hmm. and you use the wiles that society has set up for you to use, right. then I'm not going to fault you I'm for it. I'm just saying surprise me. Do something different because I feel like every sexy female spy th- thing is the alias thing where it's like, ooh, I'm a sexy like Jennifer Garner type or ooh, I'm a sexy like Angelina Jolie type. Like, give me something different. Like, I, give I, me something. Give me sexy like Broad City Girls. Like, do something <sighs> new. Okay, you're asking this of 2005. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I, I, know. I think this this movie I, I started this no, thing no, I, off for being a movie. I, I, don't don't get me okay. wrong. I, I liked it, but it, it is it does feel that was the one thing. It was like eh, a little stale, but it's okay. Yeah, but that's I I feel like that's the that's the thing about this movie is that this is the first time where you see a spy a female spy being this sexy who's also being her own character yeah rather than a <clears throat> bond girl yeah and it, and it gave way to the Charlize Theron's and Jennifer Garner exactly already like I, I get after this movie it being stale yeah but I, I think you you should give this movie credence for being before those yeah yeah uh, no I'm, I, I'm just I'm I, raising my hands up like ah! I'm, not, I'm not throwing it away I'm okay. keeping it I'm liking it okay and so and so she she kills this and, and seemingly I think the movie does that thing where, and I like it for it, even though it's dumb. They're just killing bad people. Right. What do (laughs) they do? They're bad. Well, like the guy that she kills when she's like pretending to be a dominatrix. um, She's not pretending. She is. You think so? (laughs) Well, not that she is all all the way, but I I think she's dominating him. I think she's in control. Well, for sure. But she's, (laughs) she's, I don't think that's her profession. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's just not saying her, she's really her good side at it. <laughs> hustle but um he's he's a gun runner oh yeah he's a, he's like a weapons guy okay and then um brad pitt kills somebody in the irish mob yeah the, like he goes to a card game, game yep. and he he does that thing where he pretends to be like a really rich bro who's drunk yeah basically and i have to say the acting in this movie surprised the heck out of me oh yeah i loved it i mean i think i was telling sarah i'm like it's really good and it's and it's this is the second time in a row that you've said the acting's really good but but you haven't really meant that no no i mean i wonder what it would have been if they didn't have two actors who didn't have to do much more than their natural persona <clears throat> because how this, do you, how do you know Brad Pitt's that cool <laughs> but this i think started in Angelina Jolie cinematic universe where she plays tough sexy assassin types like salt Salt and Next, and I feel like there's a few others where she's like a badass with attitude and she's super sexy and super empowered and, you know, all those things. And Brad Pitt's got the charisma, got the funny lines, got the kind of like um, the crack in the joke kind of thing. I, I like it. Well, I think he's pretty, I think as a character, he's pretty straight up and down. Yeah. But I like that about him. No, I wouldn't I think want him to be more eccentric. I think than it's he well is. cast for 2005. I'm just curious what would happen if they cast it today, and who they would get, and what kind of who. Okay, what kind of movie right, you're would casting be like. it today? Who 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 do you cast it? Chris Hemsworth, because he because he bring the brawn and the flavor. 
right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or is that I feel, too obvious? Well, no, no, I just, no, no, you're right. He would bring, I think he would bring a lot of comedy to the role. Yeah. But in a way that's a little too goofy for me. Oh, see, I was wanting a little bit more goofy from Brad Pitt. I liked the seriousness. Yeah. 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 Well, but who would who would be the the Mrs. Smith? Who would you bring in for a Mrs. Smith? Because you got ScarJo. Um, no. Maybe. Uh, what's her name? Wanda person. Scarlet no. Witch. Her name. I don't know. I have to think. Her about face. It. I don't really have somebody. <laughs> but it just felt like Angelina Jolie just was being full of attitude throughout this movie, and I didn't see much beyond that. And I shouldn't complain because that's all the rule demanded of her, anyways. So. She did a really good job I don't know. doing it. I like when you're saying just attitude, I, I think she I think she brought the hurt. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I mean, these 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 are not one dimensional characters. No, but they're also still a little flat. But again, that's kind of the point. It's, I guess so. It's they're, supposed to be they're a, assassins. It's an assassin movie. Right? Yeah. I just I wanted a little bit more dimension. These are it's a these B are, plus. These are characters who ask themselves in the movie. <laughs> do you feel bad afterwards? And then they say, no, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really. So I don't, you're, you're asking a lot. I know. I really am. So anyway, what happens is they like the, the tell, they end up meeting each other and trying to kill each other. Cause they're both trying to kill Adam Brody. Um, which is surprisingly and at, hard. <laughs> and at this, at this point in time, we still think he's a real target. Yeah. And, um, since they keep getting in each other's way, Angelina Jolie, like, basically has some footage of Brad Pitt and sees how he pees on the ground. Mm-hmm. And we see it. There's some telegraphing earlier in the movie where we see how he pees. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, and she's like, I think that's my husband. And he also figures out that she is the one working at this company. And yeah. so at very similar times, they spy craft each other. And from, from here on out in the movie, it's spy versus spy for a while. Yeah. And they start, fighting each other and like trying to get the upper hand on one another. He like infiltrates their building. Right. And I, I, what did you think about the, um, the special effects in this movie? Um, it was very 2005, but there were some shots that were great. Like there's a shot where she's early in the movie after she kills the gun runner, where there's a shot that's she like jumps this, off the building and she's coming down. Like the shot where she actually lands on the ground and gets into the cab. It's like, that's oh, pretty good. Yeah. I honestly, I thought like even like the spy craft tools that they're using are so simple. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't, why can't more bond be simple like this where she just has this purse and yeah. it's literally just for getting away for this one job. Right. Right. It's yeah, made it for sense. this job. Yeah. But I, I actually liked when like the, all the, Women, because her company is just made up of like women assassins. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. And I and I like that it wasn't like they're all sexy spy women. It was like no, they're just women. Well, it's it's like some of them are computer nerds. Some of them are like, some of them are basically the secretaries, like the right. temps. Like at one point in time, she calls it one of them a temp yeah. that does all the cooking, and um and she's she seems to be one, if not the person on the ground, who's the assassin. Right. They're and, all her support staff, but she like, they all escape with the, the guns to the, like the, the spear guns that yeah. go across the way. And I thought that was great. And I thought the explosions were good. Like I was really expecting to see bad CG and sure. bad explosions, but it was pretty tasteful. It, I thought, they, they, I thought knew, they didn't overdo it. They, they knew their limits and they just pushed right to the line. It, it felt like Jurassic Park in a way where it was like, 
the explosions you're showing me are just for enough time for me to see them and you're not trying to be flashy here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the spy versus spy stuff comes to a head where they get into... She thinks she kills him, but then they meet each other at the restaurant. Right, right. and they have this nice tango. And you texted me his line from that, and I'm wondering why you texted me that. So the line was... Champagnes for celebrating. I'll have a martini. It felt... I loved it. I thought I thought it was such a like a good spy line. Sure. For for a movie that is like supposedly like this breakup romance about these two spies, it felt like something a James Bond would say. And R- yeah. I, I thought it was so capably delivered by Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because I've been just neck deep in Daniel Craig James Bond movies because I watched his newest film twice, Casino Royale twice, mm-hmm. and uh, Pierce Brosnan's Goldeneye once mm-hmm. in the past month. Uh, so, talk, talk about quipping. <laughs> so like I've been just, it's been I've been inundated with that stuff, and so when I hear like not Bond writers do stuff like that, I'm like, sure, it's good. <laughs> like, but but have that's you seen I'm, Tomorrow Never Dies? A world uh, is no, not enough. I recently, I avoided the bad Bond movies, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think Tomorrow Never Dies is bad. No, I it's know, just but that... it's it's not exemplary the way that Casino Royale is exemplary <laughs> sure. in its dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I'm like, yes, it's good, but I, I feel like I'm kind of spoiled by like w- watching stuff that is has to be the best spy stuff whereas this is kind of like be really good spy stuff but you don't have to be that good because you're also doing like rom-com stuff but you don't have to be that rom-com because you're also doing like action stuff it's like so, this weird thing where it doesn't have to play too hard in any direction yeah i mean t- talk to like because i remember us having a discussion because like, we are doing a ream of adventure rom-coms right now right yeah and last week we did romancing the stone uh-huh, uh-huh. okay <laughs> and it was part adventure yeah part romance rom-com yeah and and i know you're not going to ask me to compare the two because it is kind of like comparing apples to guavas but i'm not going to do that but it is (laughs) i was going to ask you to compare the two a little bit well i mean it's robert zemeckas and this is um some guy doug lyman doug lyman who's done some very exciting movies too he also did jumper but he he, he's done (laughs) don't hold it against him i actually kind of like jumper did you Eh. okay i mean it proves like oh this is my great philosophy about Hayden Christensen. He's not a bad actor. George Lucas is a bad director. I'll yeah, just but leave it there's, that. there's <laughs> he's, like, my, he's okay in Jumper. My Life as a House is yeah, also a good actor. So stop making fun of him. Um, yes, the last one, Renstein Stone, Robert Zemeckis, Back to the Future director, or yeah. like soon to be Back to the Future director. So the adventure scenes are really spirited and really mm-hmm. fun. This movie, same thing. The action, for the most part, works great. I watched a, another movie that came out that's not a... Well, it's kind of a romp. I almost want to nominate it for our series. It's Free Guy. With oh, yeah. Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Netflix one. Um, no. Amazon. 20th Century Fox. Well, it's on Netflix. Disney. Well, it might be on Netflix now, but it's 20th Century Fox, but it's owned by Disney, and so there's all these gutless Disney references, and it's stupid, but... Okay. <laughs> but... That has Ryan Reynolds and Jodie Comer, and they're like being sexy together. And oh, it's like, Free Guy. I'm sorry. I was thinking the new Ryan Reynolds one. Also directed by the same dude. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, he actually, you know Did what? you meet him? No, but he, he was part of the first Impact program that I applied to. Oh. Yeah. Was he around when you were shooting Stranger Things? Because he was the executive producer. No, none of the executive producers were around. <laughs> they had the time for that. I, I just don't think they were in Atlanta at the yeah. time. Um, but that free guy has this like ready player one 
sensibility to it where it's like video game world anything's possible we can do all these action scenes and the action is horrifically bad it's Mm. so bad and there's no excuse for it like you're setting yourself up you're saying we can do whatever we want it's like do something interesting with this and the action scenes are really bland and really just is it the camera work like camera work doesn't the camera doesn't move it's really static and ryan reynolds we know Ryan Reynolds can do action because he's Deadpool and we, we know that he's physically capable of doing it, but the movie just doesn't try very hard. And what I love about Mr. and Mrs. Smith is that for the a lot of the action, they try really hard. The car yeah. chase in it is freaking oh, awesome. It's amazing. It's it's not it's not the same budget that went into this movie went more towards the actors than yeah. like say the car like the car chase scene in Matrix Reloaded for instance right a lot of budget went into that yeah yeah and budget went into this car chase scene too but like for whatever they put into it it's amazing yeah and I like the the I think my favorite action scene is the fight scene between those two in the house damn good it's so good damn good good firefight and that's my point is that this movie Romancing the Stone and Free Guy too will fit into this where it's playing with a few genres and it's kind of like look you don't have to be a masterpiece of just the rom-com when you're doing this like mm-hmm. it's not like Romancing the Stone is competing with You've Got Mail sure that would be dumb to make it like com- sure to do that tournament but do the th- all the things you're doing at least do them pretty good like that's all that matters because sure. when you add pretty good action with pretty good romance with pretty good laughs then you got a great movie but something like Free Guy didn't do any of those things very good ah I see the romance they totally did it wrong we almost should do a bonus episode on it. I want to watch make you watch it because man yeah you're I really re- talking it up I could but the it's one of those things where it's like they stumbled onto a good idea that they never executed on and I want you to watch it so I can talk to you about it okay well yeah maybe I'll watch it but the action was just so bad that I was the action fan in me was just so so let down mm-hmm. and I was so the opposite of let down in this movie I'm like every scene I'm surprised at how good the action is yeah I remember liking this movie when it came out in 2005 because mm-hmm. I definitely went to see it in theaters but coming back to it I was like you know what there's something about good action that holds up no matter what yeah like even even a even a like an old Star Trek fight from TNG, mm-hmm. it might be bad, but if it's directed capably, like and it's not super exciting, but if it's directed capably, I'll still watch it these days and be like, nice action scene. <laughs> but you need to know what to hold it to, what standard to hold it sure. to, because when you're watching a early '60s Bond movie, sure. karate chop it is not gonna have good action but you're kind of saying look i know you're not capable of competing with die hard but you're a spy movie from the 60s i think you should be able to hold up your end of the bargain sure and it you know for some of them it does it well yeah but what about this movie oh this movie it holds up its bargain on all fronts yeah uh rom-com too yeah because i really like just the metaphor of it all yeah okay so the big metaphor is if you aren't completely open about who you are mm-hmm. in your relationship, it's compounding negative interest. It is just, yeah. you're going to lose more and more of your time with this person by being someone that you're not just by keeping from them anything that you are. Yeah. Yeah. And they get to this point where they realize that they've been set up. And so they- But hold on. We're, we're breezing past the fact <laughs> that they have this fight. Oh, and I yeah. Think, I think it's the turning point of this movie. It is. It is. Where they're really trying to kill each other at first. And mm-hmm. you can tell- 
that they don't want to, but they feel like they have to. Which is just back to the metaphor of it all. Of right. Like you and your spouse are just having it out. And it's like, you love this person. So why are you guys fighting like that? Right. But sometimes you have to like, you have to get through the hard part in order to say exactly what you mean yeah. or express yourself fully. Yes, because sometimes you have to say the thing that no matter what is going to hurt that person. Right. It has to be said. And for this, it's more like the cutting words are bullets. Yeah. <laughs> and when it gets down to it, like, can you say, I hate you and I don't want to be with you? Or can you say, I don't want to kill you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they say, I don't want to kill you. And that changes this whole game because they've been get, like, they're on a clock here. And I, I like the the plot device of this where mm-hmm. if they don't kill each other within a certain amount of time, they get killed back by yeah, their agencies. Basically. Because like, it's the punishment. It's like, yo. Yeah. That you clean up your mess. And if not, we're cleaning all of this up so that like it goes away. Right. And so after that, they decide we're going to be together and they find out like, they're like, let's get some answers. So they kidnap Adam Brody and there's some really good, like, you know, couples thing where the guy just like Brad Pitt just wants to take action. And he doesn't want to wait for like her to figure out like this mistake that they made. And they have a good couple fight about that. And they, I, I, I do want to say oh, yeah. capitalizing on the midpoint of the movie of their fight scene mm-hmm. in the house, there's a fine line between fighting and fucking and they, they find it. <laughs> they find that line. They, they balance beam on that line and it's beautiful. It's, I mean, I, I like the sex that they have because it's that, post fight like we're finally over this hump let's mm-hmm. just fuck like and i want to like cuz it's not making love they're just like letting go of all their tension never been a fan personally of the post fight sex have you had the post fight sex i mean i'm never in the mood for it i'm just like so, wait, no, no no you didn't answer my question i no, but I don't <laughs> okay, see so the. How do you know if you're a I man? I don't see the appeal because after a fight, I'm exhausted. I'm just like, okay, I'm glad we've got that okay. figured out. I have to say, most fights can't end in sex because you are emotionally exhausted and you're torn apart. The only time that it can is when you come to a re- revelation. is very unique. You come to a revelation that brings you to a better place than you were before you started the fight. Okay. Very rare. Yeah. I'll, I'll say. Yeah. I, I can I can get behind that. I okay. like that. That's what she said. Oh, That's what he said. That's what oh, they said. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they figure out... Ad- I like Adam Brody in this movie. I Me, think he's a I funny I like Adam nerd. Brody in everything. He should be in everything. He's super underrated. I remember being annoyed by him because he was one of Why? those like... Why? And what? What did you watch that you were annoyed by Adam Brody? How dare you? I was annoyed by his... Illo- it was illogical me because I wasn't watching the OC, but he was just kind of everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I don't get it. By Adam Brody this himself. Guy? Yeah, and his character is kind of annoying in this movie. And now that I've met him on Gilmore Girls, I know that his persona is not this dick of a guy. Because he's not a... You don't want to be friends with this guy. Well, He's a- kind of. So, honestly, I feel bad for him in this movie because what he is is basically like the He's lowest. He's the lowest person on the totem pole in a job, right? Yeah. And his his betters are treating him really bad. Yeah. And but he's got a chip on his shoulder too. I guess so. Like, like, well, when he was going, when he was walking to the boss's office and he's like, I'm hot shit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that scene. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, But for the most part, he's 
basically a red herring yeah for them totally yeah where like they kidnap him and he's like you guys are actually the job and then they find that he's been bugged and that leads to them basically having a shootout with like all of the agencies that are apparently after them yeah and uh the first half of the mov- half of the movie the dialogue incrementally gets bigger but once they figure out what's going on their banter becomes legendary there's so many good quips back and forth between each other right 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 and And you really do get their chemistry yeah like you you understand why these people ended up together and made a life together because they're really good together yeah i just it's just like again i was like i was just you're so good i just think you could have been masterpiece if you had one more like a phoebe waller bridges like writing their dialogue someone Uh. like really sharp like this is really good but it it felt like this movie felt like it was so verging on a material that i felt it almost get there but not quite that's kind of that's you don't think it's a minus that's pretty snobby of me to say wait do you think do you think that where you're at right now is it's it's an a minus but you're making it a b because it's not (laughs) fully an a for you i well maybe i'm just that kind of professor i'm like no i'm just gonna have high standards here it's like you don't have to be this way it's like no i'm going to be this way okay i mean i'm like that about a lot of stuff too not this though i think as i think if 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 you were to say all right show me all the like spy rom like spy movie assassin movie rom-coms out there Uh uh-huh this is the best one we'll see We'll see. We got to compare right. it all. There's like three more out there. <laughs> we got to see. This one is the best one. Got to check it out. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> we'll check it out. But uh, like from like that that last fight scene, the only quibble I had with it was that she throws a knife like, was, at all these people and throws it into his leg. It's like, it's like no, he's done. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I'm okay with like him, Bond. Like people that can take pain have yeah. been stabbed a bunch of times before. He could probably live with it, but that guy's in charge of keeping you alive as well right now. <laughs> like, don't hurt him really bad. Well, like, I would have loved it if he takes the knife out. Isn't mm-hmm. he gonna gush? No, no. You want to take a knife out because otherwise it'll keep cutting you while it's in there. Oh, I thought you want to keep the knife in because you don't want to bleed out. No, you're thinking of uh, screwing your tire. Oh, <laughs> very similar situations. Or maybe an arrow that's gone all the way through yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I think you're thinking of an arrow all the way through you. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know, one of those other things that we learned sorry, while watching guys. Hercules the TV show. You know, when Kevin Costner, you know, is speaking an impeccable British accent. Yeah, yeah, something like arrows that. between And you have to break thighs. it off on sure, one side yeah. and pull it all the yeah, way out. Okay. Yeah, I know, I But um, we, like, at one point in time, they're stuck inside this garden center shed and there's a bunch of people outside and you're like is this gonna end in like you're never worried because it's part of rom-com right? are they are they headed for a butch and sundance yeah, i was thinking ending. butch and sundance is kind of the feeling yeah but no no it's a rom-com and you gotta have a happy ending so so they get out of it they kill all the people they're surprised by it which i love yeah i saw a quibble i was watching this on amazon <laughs> and i paused at one point in time and they're like like it, it has like you know, goofs and stuff uh-huh. that, that pop up uh, where all the actors' faces are when you pause it. But this one was like, glaring mistake is what I think it was labeled as. And it was like, in such a small space, there's no way they could have dodged a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was like, no, well, duh. no, duh. But also they didn't dodge the rocket. They just bent down because they saw somebody was shooting a rocket at them. They didn't like Neo the rocket. It's fine. Like Amazon writer who had nothing to do that day. Seriously. Anyway. Um, so they, they fight off all these henchmen and the whole thing is the conceit is, oh, well, you're being hunted because people realized before you realized that you two are married and we're working for competing agencies and the bosses decided that you got to go or one of you got to go. So they set this up mm-hmm. where it's a weird thing. It's like if that was the case, if you were willing to just kill them, why didn't you just kill them? What do you mean? Well, they got to a point where they're like, you know what? This isn't working. They're not going to kill each other. Let's just send all of our henchmen after them and kill them ourselves. Well, I think they didn't want to kill each other necessarily. They they just wanted one of them to kill the other at first. Right. right. But they seemed, the agencies seemed so gung-ho about well, like, I don't, destroying I don't even, them both. It, it, it We notice here that the quote-unquote agencies, it's not their agencies that have decided to kill them. It's everybody else. It's all the other assassins, apparently. Because it's not, it? it's not any of the women that are at her firm that try to kill her. And it's not the only other assassin at I his firm. I don't think they're... I don't think those particular women are in on it, per se. But she... Her... Um, Carrie Washington helper was like, I'm going to help you to a point, but then I'm not going to help this, you anymore. This is what I think. I think... In my head canon here, Keith David is kind of like a. I hire out all of these assassin the squads. Like, yeah. like imagine eight other assassin squads, right? And yeah, other agencies, other agencies, it's like talent agencies. You and CAA, you got. You and got now he others. sees that these two people from his two contractors are banding together. What does that mean? Oh. Nothing good. And so he sends other people. Like he's either going to have one of them take the other one out. Or he's going to have all of them kill the both of them. Well, the movie ends and they just kill all these henchmen and they're just like, sweet, we're done. I'm like, no, you're not. The person who's sending all these people is still around. He could still send more. Yeah. It feels like there was a cut scene <laughs> yeah. where they should have shown up together to like, I would have loved it if they didn't quote unquote get away from that, that scene, mm-hmm. but there was a giant explosion that they caused that killed everybody in there. And, and Keith David like just assumed that they died in the explosion. And then they showed up and were like, you're going to leave us alone or they kill him or something. And then it's like, they're working together now. Yeah. That's how I'd, (laughs) but that didn't rewrite the movie, I guess. (laughs) But uh, that's where I'm just kind of complaining. And then it's 2005 that these movies didn't have to worry about being so competent in that. I'm like, try a little harder next time on your lore. You're right. I, I think plot wise, this movie kind of fails in that regard, but I, or I guess story wise, but I think the, I think the, the acting, the writing, Mm. the action are all there enough for me to say, I'll watch this movie again for sure. Yeah. For me, it's a, yeah, if it's, if I'm at Best Buy and I see a $5 Blu-ray copy of this, I'll pick it up. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I I had a fun time. Didn't you have a fun time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Vince Vaughn's in this movie too. Yeah, I want to talk about that for just a sec before we talk to go, go into trope talk. He's basically the trope. Um, I mean, Doug Lyman directed uh, Swingers, right? Uh-huh. Um, so Vince Vaughn comes in here doing the Vince Vaughn the Vince show. Vaughn thing. Yeah, where he's loud, he's yelling at his mom, and he lives. Okay, this doesn't make sense. This is another two thousand five ism. He looks at the like 
like kill Brad Pitt's girl. Like basically at one point in time, he has like a assassination alarm clock <laughs> next to his bed where it's like, go kill this person for 400,000. And he's like, I don't get out of bed for anything under half a million. And it's like, okay, writers, whatever, because it's like 400,000. But then Brad Pitt's name pops up and he's like, Ooh, maybe I will get out of bed because like, uh, I'm worried about my friend or I'm going to kill them both or something. Mm-hmm. But why are you living with your mom if you don't get out of bed for anything under like are you that rich? Why are you living with your mom? If it just you, it didn't make sense. It's funny like if you don't think about it and it's just like, "Oh, hey, this super assassin that's like killing people with Vince or with Brad Pitt is living with his mom." But then when you think about it again and you see how rich they are, it's like, well, "Why? Alimony." <laughs> that's different. That's a different thing. I know. There's no justification. Okay. But you're right. Like, what did you think about him? I almost would have... Can I, can I recast... I, I know I said I'd rewrite this movie earlier, but can I recast this movie? Can I use the same theme? Sure. You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. I would have switched the roles of Adam Brody and Vince Vaughn. Oh, because Adam Brody, the whole time, you're just kind of like, this feels like a red herring. <laughs> it does, because like they call him the tank, and everybody like squints their eyes at that. Yeah. I could imagine Vince Vaughn being called the tank for yeah, some Yeah, and especially 2005 Give Vince him a Vaughn. scar? Well, he's like, he's already starred in movies. Like, right. he's headlined movies, so it's like, oh, we can imagine him having something beefier in the act three. Sure, yeah. And then Adam, like, and have him be complete... Like, cause it's like, ah, oh, I'd love to see Vince Vaughn get killed. Not really, sir. I'm sure you're nice. You're lovely. But like Adam Brody being the, the kid who's like interning at this place, but still living at his mom's home. That makes sense. Like every single scene with Brad Pitt and Vince Vaughn, they were barely together in the same shot. It right. kind of felt like Brad Pitt didn't want to be acting with him. No, it, it totally feels like that where it's like Brad Pitt's like, I don't need to do these scenes. Right. Like, and they're like, no, you don't like uh, it, Vince it, Vaughn. Just go. Yeah. It feels like Vince Vaughn kept like going off script and yeah. Brad Pitt just like looked at the director. He's you like, do I have, do I have to, to listen things? to this? Like, no, don't worry. Do I have, <laughs> do I have to hang out with Vince Vaughn right now? Like, I'm sure maybe they're friends in real life, but that's just what it felt like to me. <laughs> And so I would switch those two roles because I think it's far more fun if Adam Brody is Brad Pitt's friend and Vince Vaughn is this guy that is like that everybody's after to kill and you don't know why. I'm, I'm down. Okay. I'm down for cool. it. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back with some trope talk. And we're back with trope talk. It's like rope talk, except Angelina Jolie will use it on you and you're going to like it. Yeah, I would. Um, all right. So this week's trope is what I'm calling. Can you break that bread any less stale? <laughs> We've all been there. We've all had like a leftover biscuit or like some garlic bread or like a loaf that you bought from the bakery. And you're like, I want to use this on soup again, but we forgot to put it away last night. It's very stale. But can I heat this back up in a way that will make it soft again? And then you realize you actually can. Yeah, but you have to spend a lot of time on Google to figure it out. Or you just your method? You put it in tomato soup and leave it there for 45 minutes. That's a really good method. Let's say you don't have tomato soup. Throw it away. You're done. (laughs) Actually, what you do is you, what what I do is I- Wrap it in a wet paper towel. Wrap it in a wet paper towel. Microwave it? Microwave for 15 15 seconds, maybe 20 seconds. And then put butter on it? Put butter on it. And then put some cheese on it? Put put in the oven. Oh, uh-huh. you're lactose intolerant. How dare you? Well, I'm just thinking about. Well, 
you are too. So who well, would- yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking out for all those cheese lovers out there. <laughs> all those Wisconsiners. Wisconsin's. Wisconsinites. Yeah, ites. Um, yeah, so this is the, the seven-year itch Ryan brought up earlier when we were talking about it. The This is, our relationship has gone stale. What can we do to fix it? Yeah, and we see this in Crazy Stupid Love. We see date it night. in Date Night. We see it in a third Steve Carell movie that I'm forgetting the name of. The Seven-Year Itch. The Seven Year Itch with Marilyn Monroe, Norma it, Jean. It's, I mean, it, it's probably a part of far more Love Actually, Alan Rickman, Alan, Emma Thompson. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's, it's stale, necessarily. Mm, yeah, it's, but it is. It, it is, but that's not what it's like. It's about like because my wife has therap- my wife. She has therapied to me and says it's a it's a twofold thing. You you get tempted because I, there's something else going on. I know. I, I am completely so on board itch. with that. It's an itch. It's an itch. There's there's something that needs to be scratched. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think that's exactly what's going on here. In this movie? So there, Well, no, I'm not saying he's looking for an itch, but they're both looking for something. They're both looking for something. That's why it's the stale bread. Yeah. It's not necessarily the itch. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So what causes this in their relationship? Because I think that's that's a great question to try to answer when we're talking about this trope. Well, they're bored, and their lives have led to this corner. Well, why are they bored? Because they don't get to be themselves with each other. Exactly. And and it's also that your partner isn't being fully themselves. Yeah. Because I, I bet if, if I was in this situation and my partner wasn't being fully honest, you know that feeling where it's just like, I know that there's something going on. But I can't just call you out on it all the time because that's going to be too difficult as well. Yeah, it's a tough thing because when you have a partner who's going through something like depression or anxiety or stress. Oh, my goodness. It's like it impacts the relationship, but you don't take it personally. You're no, not going I mean, to, sometimes you do. You can't. Just, it, it's just you try not but to. But <laughs> when, you, when you like wrap your head around what's going on, mm-hmm. you feel just powerless yeah. and bad because it's nothing – anyone's done anything wrong. Right. And I think in in this one, what we have is like, if you're wanting to extend that metaphor, they're both going through something. Mm -hmm. And that thing that they're going through is hiding themselves. Yeah. And so really the, like they can't help each other out of that because I think like, let's say Brad Pitt is like, my wife doesn't feel like she's being that person that she was when I first met her. And I haven't even seen how she's changed. She's just uh, desaturated. I don't think he can talk to her about that because that's exactly what he is. Yeah. Like, that's why you need therapy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe you're both going through the same thing and you don't know how to bring it up. Right. And I just love the latter half of this movie because I think the second half of the movie really just gets going because they really start having it out. And I love the conversation in the car because they they have things like we're going to have to start all over again. Yeah. They're really having to get to know each other and being forced to to be transparent with one another. And I love the pacing of it. Yeah. Because uh, it starts out where they don't kill each other, they have sex, and then they kind of have like this post-coitus truth happiness where it's like like you know i they they talk about like killing people and how you know they did certain jobs and it's like haha this is all right we found something to relate 
to each other on and it's safe. So we'll start there. Yeah. But then they start bringing up stuff like he's like, you know, she, she's like, I didn't, uh, what, what does she say? She's like, I didn't do X. And he's like, oh, I really liked that about you. <laughs> um, what was that? Um, she says something about herself and he's like, I really like that about you. God, what was it's it? It's not I that she does that pottery, line. but it's, it's maybe you can find that clip. It's something like gives to charity or something like that. But he's like, I really like that about you. Yeah. And then he line. says he doesn't go to MIT. He went to Notre Dame and did like an art history major. Art and history. she, she's <laughs> like, just, it's dignified. Yeah. And she kind of like gives him a sidelong look and then slowly more and more comes out, which is what happens when you start saying truths. It kind of becomes like a snowball yeah. where it's like, if, if you've compounded this interest long enough, there's a lot that you haven't said. Yeah. And he's like, I don't like your cooking, but luckily it's that it's she's had cooking. somebody else, but it opens up more it's, and more. It's kind of that thing where you're kind of shy to get naked in front of someone like your wife at first. But then you get naked with each other sure. and you're like, this isn't actually so bad. I, I definitely had that. I mean, you Not had with th- my wife. <laughs> but right away, you were instantly comfortable with her. Yeah. Oh, took me a second. That's fine. But again, <laughs> I had had experiences well, before. I, I, I don't know if it's just like a one and done type of thing where you're just like, I'm just comfortable being naked all I the time. It, I think it completely depends on who you're with, too. I think yeah. the the... Like maybe you've had an extremely long friendship with someone and yeah. that's never been a part of your relationship. And that's the only thing that would make you shy around. That well, person. that's the crazy thing yeah. about Sarah and I are, we were friends for the longest time. So it's kind of like, okay, we're going into a weird new direction, but it's, it's, it's exciting and wonderful. And that's what's going on with these And when guys. she said, yuck, you were like, <laughs> I understand. I'm going through the same thing. <laughs> she made the mystery yuck face at me. <laughs> Can you stairs. do that for us? <laughs> Luckily it's job. radio, not, not video. <laughs> Um, but that's what's going on in this movie is that it's it's actually fun to be honest with your person. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, it's all happening. This is the fun James Bondy spy thing. Is yeah. It's all happening when they're like fighting bad guys. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Which one of them is the better killer? Um, I think it's probably Angelina Jolie. I think she seems more efficient he seems a little more um, lackadaisical in his killing. Okay, so this is what Did I, you take a kill count? Um, no, I think she kills more people technically. <laughs> um, I, I think it's kind of like... Um, uh, you know you know that, that scene in Princess Bride where Fezzik is like, usually I fight a bunch of people and you use different <laughs> tactics. I, I think Angelina Jolie is good at controlling a scene of chaos. Yeah. But when it's spy versus spy, I think Brad Pitt's better. Yeah. Because like when they're fighting one-on-one, I think he's got the upper hand. Um, so he is a strategist. Wait, who is the strategist and who's the tactician? Who's got the long game planned and who's got the well, short are, game? Well, those are both the same thing. No, a strategist is zoomed out. Uh-huh. They got a whole map out. They're going to go, I'm going to go what here. What is a tactician in your mind? You're in the you're in the battlefield. You don't have a map. Things are happening at you. You've got to figure out what so to do. So tactics as it's are happening. the same exact thing as strategy. No. Strategy is I'm planning a war. We'll do this and then this and then this. Tactics is I'm in the midst of it. Okay. You can look up the definition. I'm going of to. It. Okay. I'm go- Under Ryan's dictionary. This is how I'm saying it. You got tactics where you're in the midst of things or strategy. Tactician, a person who is good at planning. Okay. 
again, my way of defining it is there's the strategist and the tactician. Okay. The tactician is the person who's in the midst of things happening. They have the chaos going on. Okay. How are they going to handle it? Whereas the strategist is planning ahead. They have to think, how will I do this if this happens and then this happens? Sure. Okay. So I what I what I think is that actually Angelina Jolie is I, I don't think it's that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think that Angelina Jolie is more like the, if you want to call her the strategist, she's someone who sees answers to problems. Like, like let's say like he's trying to aim out the back of the car and figure out a way to kill these two um, cars at the same time that are bulletproof. Yeah. And what she does is say, oh, I know exactly how to handle these cars. And so she spins the car around and shoots both of them very expertly. He could have shot him there, but he didn't know to do that because I don't think he sees like the bigger picture of a fight. Well, he kind of wings things because like when they originally targeted Adam Brody out in the desert, Mm -hmm. she set up like this huge perimeter with charges and all that. And he's like, I'm just going to get in a dune buggy and bring a fucking rocket launcher. Exactly. And so I think both of them are very good. They just have different tactics. So that's that's what I like about this couple. I think they're actually equal parts uh-huh. dangerous. Uh-huh. It's just in different ways. So uh, just to wrap up the trope, we see the same stuff being discussed in Date Night, um, which you skipped out on because you're having a baby. I've so. seen it. <laughs> but that's the th- kind of humor I was hoping this movie had because I would say Date Night is funnier than Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But as I'm saying that, I'm like, that's not fair. Because like that's no. what the movie's going. <laughs> that's what the movie's going for. But they are in the same modes where it's fun, sexy action thriller. It's just kind of playing on different notes. Right. One's one. I would say that one's funny and one's fun. Yeah. Because, like, even just in the casting, you have like a couple of comedians, right? Versus a couple of action superstars, right? And I, it, it seems that today you kind of have to be both. Like I think like if everyone in the MCU. Is kind of demanded to be able to do sure, stick and you, do action. I think you have people that are on the lighter side of that, like a Sandra Bullock or a Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, who who do fun, funny action. Yeah, but you're right. I I, I think that's kind of something that. I I like and dislike about the Marvel universe is you have everything has to be both funny and action. Yeah, because the they same don't time. they don't make comedies for movie theaters anymore. Marvel movies are the comedies now, and they rarely do something that's st- straight action that isn't like twenty different action heroes, right? At the same time, John Wick. The reason why John Wick is good is because they're like actually we're devoting this to action. Yeah. Right? Um, but Date Night is a really funny movie that's got pretty limp action, but it doesn't matter because it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And Mr. and Mrs. Smith is pretty funny, but great action too. So I'm, I'm loving it. Free Guy is not funny <laughs> and the action sucks. I didn't know we'd I, be talking so much about Free Guy. This but episode. that's just my control. That's yeah. just my control. That's okay. the that's the bottom floor. Well, how they get over this in this film is that they both, they have a, a moment where they can either keep pretending to be somebody else with somebody else Mm. or they can take advantage of this is the only person I can be the most honest with. And so I'm going to commit to that. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really great. And it's, I think it's the way out of the trope that like date night doesn't necessarily take. Yeah. Date night's more like I've realized that I need to be more fun. Yeah. 
Uh, but it's right. sweet I'm, about it too, and honest, and it's something that we use as a it's totem not wrong. to it's, refer to. It's it's just it's just a different thing, and that's what yeah. I liked about this is it wasn't it wasn't like you know what I have gotten boring. It's I was lying to you. Our relationship's so much better when I'm not. Are you saying this one that Mr. and Mrs. Smith is actually more insightful as a relationship movie, or it's just doing something different? And Date Night is doing something similar but also different. The, the latter. Okay. I, I I think they're both. I think they're both valid concerns for relationships, mm. and I'm glad that they're different. I love it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's our movie. Uh, Kelly, uh, the time has come for me to bring out um, my letter. Oh, we're doing letters. Hey, Flo. Huh? Mail come. Got mail for you. Oh, Pete, you've got mail. You sent me a letter. You've got mail. Um, this is early for letters. I like it. Yeah, I got some letters. Whoa, that's a lot of letters. Well, it looks like two letters. Actually, they're more like voicemails, actually. They're very crinkly for voicemails. <laughs> well, my phone's not working, so I'll just have to tell you what the voicemails uh, were about. <clears throat> okay. This comes from Jonu Alicia. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. I'm very illiterate sometimes. Uh, she left a voicemail with me on the Instagram, the Romcom Gents Instagram. You can mm-hmm. follow us there, Romcom Gents. Romcom Gents at Instagram. Dot com. Uh, she she said she's been listening to a lot of episodes and she got to our to all the boys I love before episodes and mm. she basically was like yeah of course you didn't like it you're a bunch of dudes who did not whoa 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 hey 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 whoa 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 hey 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 what's going on what's going on but she basically says yeah you guys are a bunch of dudes you did not go through this you can't you don't really. She said it in a much nicer way than I'm putting it, but she's sure. like, yeah, you don't, you're not gonna, this movie isn't that for you. It's not super for you the way that other movies are for you. And, okay. you know, that's why you didn't like it as much. And it's actually a really good movie, but, you know, it's just not for you. And okay. I'm like, fair enough. It's not necessarily for us, but we think it could be better. <laughs> can, I, can I respond to it real quick? Yeah. What was her name? Jonu? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jonu, hey, thank you so much for writing in. That's so great. I'm really glad that you did like that movie. I like a lot of movies about teenage girls and their problems, and I relate to them a lot. Kind of the problem I had with this movie was more the writing and the structure of it. Like, uh, if you take a a Hayao Miyazaki movie like uh, Whisper of the Heart, I think Mm -hmm. we get a lot of similar issues. We have boys who have found your writing who, you know... You like, but you don't want to like, but you end up falling in like and maybe in love with them. And Anne of Green Gables, very similar. You have Mm -hmm. like Anne and Gilbert. And I know you haven't seen it yet, Ryan, but we'll we'll get there one day. Do you have other Netflix examples? Because I feel like you're bringing in some high literature to compare to this Netflix movie, which is not aspiring to that same quality. Okay, but like Anne of Green Gables is was also made by like a Canadian company in 1985. Mm -hmm. So... Right. Nothing against Canada right. television, <laughs> but like, you know, hey, we try already. Hey, jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. But, but all I'm saying is that the, I, I think the movies do improve. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of being embarrassed in high school as a teenage girl. I think it's a great concept. It's just, I, I, and maybe I'd like it again. I'm more than willing to give it a second shot. Um, but it, 
it, it's not that the subject matter isn't my cup of tea, but it's more the style of the filmmaking. Well, and, and also it's just that kind of thing about any film goers that you're more forgiving towards certain films than you are for others where it's like, for me with action movies, I'm like, I don't need you to be super literary or high-minded. I just need you to hit some benchmarks and I'm going to mm. be happy. And it's just kind of like, it seems because to all the boys, we've gotten a lot of responses over sure. and like Rachel was like, this movie's really good. You guys are dumb. <laughs> yeah, but then she watched it again and was like, well... But she. But the point was she had a much better time the first go-around than we did. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like... It's just one of those things where it's like there's something about an expectation for a movie like that where I don't think we had the wrong expectation, but I think there is something to that where it's like we were not as forgiving to certain qualities as other people are. Yeah, and I'm... I mean, that is kind of my... I don't know if it's a sin, but it's just something about my criticism where I hold a lot of movies to a very similar standard. Yeah. Which, and I'm like holding Mr. and Mrs. Smith to an even higher standard. It's like, get over yourself. It's fun. Right. And and I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, we're, we're, I'm I'm not perfect, Ryan. Not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But uh, fair th- enough. Th- I'm glad did, did there's more have fans. Did you another thing to yeah, say? Yeah. She also said we should add a Netflix movie called Someone Great to the list. That okay. stars Gina Rodriguez, who I was singing the praises of in spite of her character in I Want oh, You Back. Oh, yeah. I Want You Back. That's right. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm more than willing to add it to the list. Added Let's do it. to the list. Okay. Added. It's added. Yeah. Well, did we have any other letters? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No. Uh... Did Lauren say something to us about oh, well, Gilmore Girls? No, let's. that's a good... Um, that we do a, have a new patron. We have a new patron, and it's my sister-in-law, Lauren. Lauren Bellinger, welcome to the welcome. crew. Um, <laughs> we tricked her into it, because she's like re-watching Gilmore Girls, and she had all these thoughts on season three. And so she's many like, Facebook messages. And she was telling us all these things, and we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We already talked about this. On yeah, yeah go, go listen to it. <laughs> and if you want to come check us out over at patreon.com slash romcom, gents, first time, nailed it. You can. <laughs> you should do it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a really cool place. Uh, this month, uh, our bonus episode, which is coming out like this week, is on Turning Red, the new Pixar movie that has come straight to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. We won't tell you what we thought of that yet. You got to go listen to that listen episode. To uh, you can uh, enjoy our Speaking poll. of teenage girls <laughs> being embarrassed about things. Boom. Uh, the poll this month is to pick our movie for next month. Well, We're, for the end of this month. The end of this month. Yeah. Uh, it's movie classics. We've got My Man Godfrey. We've got... The Philadelphia Story. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, I mean, like, this looked grand at all, gesture. Ryan looked at all of his movies in a second and was wondering, like, there's a look on his face like, why couldn't I find the one I was looking for? Uh, there's just so many. We've also got The Thin Man. The Thin Man. And we've got The Awful Truth. There you go. Uh, all classics, all black and white, all with mid-Atlantic accents. <laughs> uh, let's see who's winning. That was bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's voted? Who hasn't voted? It's a still, it's a still a tie between the Philadelphia story and the Thin Man. Oh, gotta very break good. up this logjam, guys. We need some more votes. I would watch both of those movies. I That's would watch. the thing. If we are tied, we have to watch both of them. That's so, what happened this month. Yeah. So we we were uh, obligated to watch both Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Romancing the Stone. We were gonna watch True Lies, but James Cameron is a dick. If you want to talk about it, you can email me about it. Mr. Cameron, people should know. How you saved us all, how you raised the bar, 
How will they know what a hero you are? James Cameron doesn't do what James Cameron does for James Cameron. James Cameron does what James Cameron does because James Cameron is James Cameron. His name is James, James Cameron. <laughs> I have less opinions, but that's fine. Um, yeah, and so come on over to Patreon if you want to vote on what movie we have to watch at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wrote an essay this yes. week. With my mine own tune hands. Mm-hmm. He wrote about the escapism of rom-coms and the interiors of rom-coms. Well, no, it was more about the world. The world. The world. Of rom-coms. But, you know, rom-coms are very interior. No, yeah, a lot of them happen inside it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the values of jumping into a Nancy Myers movie, the values of jumping into a Nora Ephron movie. I was pretty impressed that you would talk about well, Nancy Myers movies in the okay. first place. So let me. <laughs> Ryan is. Right. I do. I do bring up all these things, but mainly like the, this, this article all stemmed from a debate that I saw on Instagram Oh, where somebody was arguing about whether it'd be more fun, not arguing, but there was, it was up for discussion, which would be more fun going to Hogwarts or living in middle earth. Oh, okay. And I was like, ah, that's really tough. I'd like to live in both those places. And then that got me thinking, which rom-com worlds would we want to live in? And for me, it's obviously Nora Ephron's worlds, but there's a lot of other good legitimate ones. And I talk a little bit about Nancy Myers and um, Richard Curtis in there as well. It's more like a Mary Buff Kill thing for me. I would mm. rather marry a Nora Ephron world and buff a Nancy Myers world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're killing the Richard Curtis world? Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. See, no, I would no, buff no, Richard no, no. Curtis's world because <laughs> like, they have way more sex in yeah, that that's world, true. for sure. No, but my, my meaning is like a Nancy Myers universe is never realistic. No. And it's it, it's it just knows that. It's that's just, why you kill it because then you don't have any <laughs> existential dread. But that's the point of a vacation. No one lives in Bali except for the people who live in Bali. But well, there's probably people who live in Bali. <laughs> but there's just places that you go on vacation. And if you live there, it wouldn't be the same. Have you been to Bali? No. So just this is a theory. All right, fine. It's just it's just the first thing that popped in my head. But you 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 move mm-hmm. to an ans- to a Nora Ephron. You you move to New York cuz you're pursuing a career. You move to Chicago to pursue that, you know, literary career where you eat schnozzages all the time. But a a Nancy Myers Schnozzage King of Chicago. <laughs> I want to I want to see that commercial for dogs. A Nancy Myers movie. It's literally about a vacation. It's called The Holiday. Yeah, yep, that's true. So anyway, yes. <laughs> Good point. Check that out. It's Patreon. Like, why don't you write to Nancy Myers and just be like, why haven't you written any for Bali? <laughs> I want to know what it's like to vacation there. <laughs> Give me your rich people money. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's at patreon.com slash romcom gents. All right, um, Kelly, I have an important question. What, it, what is Ask me. I want to know in this movie for this episode. Uh-huh. To what, to whom, to what would you give the Golden Sword Award? She! A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Sword. So, very dangerous movie. 
I think the golden sword goes well with this film mm-hmm. because like most of the people in it would be able to use it. Yeah. Deadly. It would be deadly. Yeah. I think I want to just give it to the, the fisticuffs mm-hmm. of this movie because you know, it, it's, it's less about like the action is good and the fight scene is good, but it's much more the looks on the faces that they give each other. There's, there's a lot of emotion to this fisticuff scene where they're destroying their house. And God, do I, I, I like when, I like when they combine the sex with the danger. <laughs> I'm, I'm going all Jack McBrayer here, but, <laughs> but it's, um, it's good stuff. So the golden sword award goes to the fisticuffs. My golden sword is going to Brad Pitt's gestures. Oh, good. There's something yeah. about the way that he physically reacts to things that I really like. Me too. Like he found that his tool shed has been pilfered of all its guns. And he's like, oh, and he does this like fist pump. I was like, oh, I'm so pissed. Yeah. Ugh. Like, like he, he like almost kicks the air and then he, he stops. He's like, oh, <laughs> I think that Brad Pitt is, it's hard to say this out loud, underrated. Right. He's rated for the wrong things. Everybody is like, Brad Pitt, the sexiest. And I'm not going to say you're wrong, mm-hmm. but I think what if, if, if he was a little less sexy, he would be haggled so much more for his acting ability. Yeah. And I think that's why he spent the last 10 years producing, is that he's sure. always been an artist. And I don't know, maybe he just gets more out of producing than he did acting in movies, because it's like the last... Big Brad Pitt movie World that War was Z? no, I I, uh, I mean big respected Brad Pitt movie was like Moneyball, of like that was like showed his worth. No, I, I I'm actually gonna push back and say um, we we forget about this because it was right before the pandemic, but um, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh right, yeah, I gotta love him. Yeah, but you know that but was, he's really good in it. Yeah, he he really. But is. it is like downplayed. Like ev- it feels like every single role he does. Except for what's the one um, with the Coen brothers? Uh, oh, Burn did? After Reading. Yeah, I feel like he's super eccentric in that one, but I I can't remember an, a time before that where or after that where he's been that eccentric. But he's got a particular comic persona that is distinct from a George Clooney type or a Ryan Reynolds type of something completely yeah, different. Yeah, it's a uh, like I think it can all be like if you focus on the corner of his mouth when he smiles on you. Or at you, <laughs> uh, when he's smiling like at you, he's smiling with me, <laughs> and like one side of his mouth smiles and the other one's like not smiling quite as much. Yeah, there's something in that where it's just like his comedy is is unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kelly, ask me the most important question of all. Give this. this uh, <laughs> 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 Rom com Oscar. <laughs> When did you turn into the Cookie Monster? I don't know, man. I um, I haven't gotten a lot of sleep the last couple of nights. That's for sure. Well, I don't think I'm gonna have another chance at this. I'd like to be proved wrong in a couple of weeks when we watch The Lost City, but I'm gonna go with best action. Sexy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I I think in this genre we oftentimes do not get fantastic action, mm-hmm. and you're right. And if anyone got some action in this movie, it's these two. Who? Um, 
That's the sound of the guns in the movie. <laughs> Man, I really want to give it best action too. But instead... Okay, I actually want to give this movie best throwaway use of a character. Uh-huh. And and what I what I mean when I say this is you've got Martin, their neighbor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whenever they're... they're their cover is solidified in their relationship with their neighbor where it's like they go over to their neighbor's house. And at one point in time, it's a good scene where I thought they were going to do more with this, where Brad Pitt sees Angelina Jolie holding up a baby from the other room. And that seems to mean something to the both of them. Uh And I thought that was going to be that like one of them wanted to have kids at one point Mm. in time. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that neither of them would because they're assassins. Well, also, you're telling me you can handle like guns and grenades and honestly can't hold a baby correctly. Really? No. no all I, of your training? No, no. I, I think it's far more. She doesn't have to be a spy right now. This is, this makes her supremely uncomfortable because it means that you have to be vulnerable and quiet with something that can't interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying it. It's not <laughs> that she doesn't know how to hold it. It's that she doesn't want to. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Like, okay. Like, but that you put up with so much other 10,000 times worse circumstances and you can't deal with a baby. Well, I I, I also like, I like the meta-ness of this scene where every time they go into the spy world, Mm -hmm. they're putting on a mask, right? Mm -hmm. And she's put on this mask so many times that she, and that mask is somebody who, isn't necessarily into kids. You're right. And so she has to, like, she doesn't know how to play that other than that. It would have been interesting. And this is the thing that I was asking some, just give me a little bit more dimension of like a conflictedness about it of like, maybe there is a part of her who would want this, yeah, but she said that's goodbye what I'm to that I would life, like to see that. But I didn't see any of that. No, me neither. I thought they were going to do more with that. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> um, but Martin comes back later at one point in time where Brad Pitt is worried about getting killed and like so jumped by Angelina. Him. Yeah. So he, he like brings Martin into his home and like kind of just like pushes him in as if, if, if he's going to get shot, <laughs> at least like Martin gets shot first. Pushes him in front of the windows. <laughs> and there's a magic trick that this movie does where it's like, Brad Pitt is pretty callous towards this <laughs> random human that maybe has annoyed him one too many times mm-hmm. or something, but is also his neighbor right. where he's like, no, I'll put him here because maybe he knows Angelina Jolie won't kill him. Right. And so he's like a human shield. Yep. And, and at one point in time, like Brad Pitt loses him because like, he's like, Oh, nice, nice teak <laughs> yeah. and stuff. And he loses him as Brad Pitt walks down a hallway and Martin delivers this line where he's like, ah, you've got the, the golf trophy award again this year. And Brad Pitt's like, it'll be on your wall next time, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I, I just like the comedy of that scene so much. So it's like best, best use of a character for basically one moment. Yeah. I liked it. Good job. Random neighbor dude. Well, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me who you'd fall in love with. Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? truth of it is i loved you from the first second i met you but mostly i hate the way i don't hate you not even close not even a little bit not even at all you have bewitched me body and soul and i love and love and love you i know 
I don't think any of the spies from Angelina Jolie's office, like you got Kerry Washington over there, Michelle Monaghan, uh, but they all seem they they seem callous in a way that spies would. Yeah, where they're they're like watching her wedding videos, and it's like, <laughs> hey, that's hey, not cool. It's not cool, ladies. I think I'm going with Brad Pitt. Mm. Um, Brad Pitt is he's got such charisma in this movie, and I'm. I'm falling for it. <laughs> I think, I think also he is what I like about him is he's more ready to be vulnerable with her first Yeah, because they have that conversation that I think is really important on the way home where they're both going to meet up with each other and fight each other. Yeah. And he, he decides like, he's like one, one last moment before they kill each other. He's like, Hey, what did you think of me when we first met? And he answers the question first and he says like, I, I thought you looked like Christmas morning mm. and she's the one who keeps her defenses up yeah. and says, no, like you were just a job. You and suck. she's, she's doing that cause she knows she has to, cause her agency is going to come after both of them. Yeah. If not. But it's, it's a good moment. I'm going with Brad Pitt as well mm-hmm. because in this movie, honestly, he of the two of them is warmer and gentler and more, I don't know, affectionate. And Angel- Angelina Jolie just seems like a tough, sexy woman. It's like, I, I need to be cuddled afterwards. Like, I don't know if I would get that. I, I, I just don't know if I would get my needs met by you. Oh, I think they'd both cuddle, but I <laughs> do think Brad Pitt would cuddle longer. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. Brad Pitt. All right. High five. Nice. Call us Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. We'll go to Paris. At least while our wives are in town. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, do we have anything else on the docket today? We got to pick next week's movie. Next week's movie has been picked. It's been preordained because we've decided to keep the action going, and we needed a substitute, anyways, for True Lies. Yes, so that's right. We're going with the Ashton Kutcher classic, uh, Killers, uh, co-starring Katherine Heigl. Classic? Vlas? Did I say classic? I meant Vlasic. It's a pickle. It's a pickle. Okay. Well, we don't know because we haven't seen it. Yes. But- so it's going to be some good compare contrast One, yeah, to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It seems that there's there's spies in love yeah. on the horizon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, after that, Lost City, the D is silent with Sandra Bullock and Shannon Tatum. Kelly, that's our show. I just want you to know mm. that I love how you bro all the time with me, you know? I do. I'm going to say I love you like poetry you could have said like christmas in the morning um i mean it was I, just it was dangling right there it was, it was like a participle uh, I'm, just I'm dangling right there oh so you, you're not in, okay that's fine yeah love you too <laughs> and this is where we will say a goodbye Ryan and kelly must bid you adieu Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da, there we go.